Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for reminding you that everything's going to be okay. I'm your host, Caleb. And Ashley is really pissing me off right now by just standing around in the background for no reason. Go the fuck away, you stupid bitch. But I love you. After I eat that peanut butter and jelly sandwich. After I keep leering at me. Why would you do that? Why would you wipe the peanut butter on me? What is wrong with you? <laughs> She'll fucking do it again. Headphones are on, obviously. Oh, I gotta run through like an idiot. Make a bunch of noise. Uh, this is what happens when you don't have a separate room. This is an adjoining room that uh, leads from the kitchen to the living space. And it's the best. How are you, friend? All right. I don't really have a follow-up. That's why I asked how, are you, how how you were doing. Uh, I'm just swell. Was, are you working from home? Uh, for the most part, yes. Hmm. Uh, I am not, because I can't. Uh, three days a week. That's, that's how often I, uh, I work from home. One day to do payroll and one day to actually be in the office because people need to be in the office. That's how that works. We all do a rotating schedule, uh, so yeah. Hip hip hooray. I see. Uh, my hours are the same for now. Oh, we'll really? We'll see what happens. Yep. Um, yeah, we, we're still not shut down, but like most of our vendors and most of our, um, clients that we serve are shut down uh so we'll see how long we can continue to operate i imagine we'll be shutting down at some point unless things happen quickly and the situation is resolved i don't know if and when i'll be shut down i don't think i'll ever be shut down because i am an essential thing I, i i i pay people and that is essential so uh, yeah. I guess I get to be lucky and work from home like a normal human being and exist. Hooray! Uh, sh- sure. Hey, uh, wh- why don't we talk about some things we're putting in our mouths, uh, outside of our fingers and, uh, other gross things called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Well, I'm uh, I'm doing the coronavirus challenge, so I'll upload the video of myself licking the toilet seat and people's eyes and mouth open mouths later. Yep, yep. People are stupid. Um, don't do that. Uh, I am not doing the corona challenge because I haven't left my house in three days. So. Uh, instead, I'm drinking uh, Hendrix and, and tonic. Hendrix is a gin. It's uh, it's nice. I like it. Yeah, I think uh, I was I was trying to look through the stuff that I had quickly, but I didn't have what I needed. I was gonna make quarantine coladas, which is just a pina colada, but you drink it inside by yourself and uh, shut all the doors and windows. Yeah, you don't get caught in the rain or anything. I'll tell you what, Ashley found the uh, the Netflix and Chill uh, uh, ice cream from Ben and Jerry's the other the other week. Uh, had that, oh, yeah? it was very delicious. It's like peanut butter and chocolate and other stuff. I don't, oh, really? know, how, I don't know how it's any different from their other peanut butter stuff, but 
I love to use that to make my chocolate stout. Peanut butter chocolate stout. Yeah. I think there's pretzel bits in there, too. Oh, that'll be... (laughs) That'll add a little texture to it. Oh fuck! I gotta tell you, Nick. I don't. I don't get what you see in these things. I, I don't. I don't. I don't understand why you like it so much. Oh, I think that's. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that episode's still on their servers right now. Well, it's on Podbean, but like you can't get it through other podcatchers and such. Oh, which is a shame. That was. Uh, that was one of my all-time greatest goofs. Sure was. To to the point where I had to ask Nick for that to do for our best of episode. Just, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Nick, I have to have this thing. Thank you. Okay, uh, well, let's move on to news, I guess. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Alright, uh, first up, this is all just like a bunch of boring news that uh, you guys typically aren't going to care about, really. So... Uh, here we go. Uh, the European Union was like, yo, Netflix, you're, you're, you're using too much bandwidth. Uh, you, you gotta, you gotta stop in some way, which, uh, means like lowering your bit rate. So do that. So Netflix complied and is now doing that for the next 30 days or like 26 days or something like that. Uh, because the, the European Union instead has like a dog shit internet, uh, uh, infrastructure. Instead of fixing that, would rather just tell everyone to stop using so much internet. Yeah, I don't know. What the fuck else do people have to do except watch Netflix? I think they said, like, Netflix and YouTube usage are up, like, 12% each. So, like, the Netflix and YouTube have to throttle things. I There was an unsubstantiated rumor that the European Union was like, hey, we're going to block your IP, Netflix, if you don't comply with this. Which, like... If that's true, that's uh, horrifying and and uh, getting to be authoritarian. But hey, uh, I I didn't see that substantiated anywhere, so we'll just assume that the European Union is being benevolent. Pornhub, publish how much your uh, how much your usage is up. I'm I'm very curious. Oh, probably a lot. Probably a lot. I was on there the other day. Hooray. Linda Fairstein, the prosecutor in the Central Park 5 case, is suing Netflix and Ava DuVernay for her portrayal in When They See Us. Because, you know, why not? Yeah. Now's the time to do that. Yeah, especially being that Netflix is one of the few stocks that you can actually like safely invest in and and know it will like at least hold value, if not increase in value. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, she claims that uh they defamed her with with their portrayal of her. Uh, I I doubt it, but uh, go for it. I hope you're ready to face a an extensive legal case. You 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 piece of shit. Yeah, um, best of luck. Uh, speaking of best of luck with your impending lawsuit, Broadcom, uh, who is a uh, computer chip manufacturer, they, they make chipsets found in set-top boxes, they've filed a lawsuit against Netflix saying that, quote, Netflix has caused and continues to cause substantial and irreparable harm to the Broadcom entities that sell semiconductor chips used in the set-top boxes that enable traditional cable television services. Uh, <laughs> old man yells at cloud. <laughs> First of all, good. Set-top boxes are the worst. They're just the worst. Uh, and second of all, this is how technology works? Like, Yeah, Um, I don't know, like... Fucking wooden wheel manufacturers didn't sue Henry Ford for inventing the automobile. Yeah, this is this is the nature. Or of maybe progress. they did. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, but they, they tried. lost. Yes, uh, but yeah, I don't. 
I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to be like, oh, hey, we're relevant still. Don't worry, everybody, we're relevant. They're going to lose. So I think they're just going to wind up hurting themselves even more because yeah. they're they're just going to waste legal fees. Just fucking find a new market. It'll be fine. Yeah, like these chipsets ha- could be used for something else. I guarantee it. Or like re- rework your chipsets so the, st- the set-top boxes aren't as garish and ugly. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. I don't even know, man. F- fucking fucking make your chips run Netflix. Everybody will buy them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if it's ne- necessarily Netflix's fault. I think it's more like smart TVs don't require a set-top box anymore mm-hmm. to to run apps and such. Like, they're all housed within the television itself. So, like, I, I think they should be going after smart TV manufacturers as opposed to Netflix themselves. But I think they'd even sure. lose that one. Uh, our next story is that The Lovebirds, it's a, a rom-com movie starring Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae, uh, is coming to Netflix by way of Paramount. Uh, everyone will remember that uh, back in, I want to say, November or December of 2019, Netflix and Paramount signed a deal that would basically let Paramount option some movies to Netflix if they felt like they needed to. Uh, th- this uh, is the and first now they can't deal. put things now they can't put things out in movie theaters. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I saw the trailer for this at a movie. I don't remember what movie it was, but I saw this during a movie, and I said, "Boy, that looks sure average." Like, why is that even going into theaters? That should a hundred percent just go to a streaming service because it looks just so average. Well, it's a rom-com. It wasn't going to make its money back. It was just going to exist. Uh, and, and then, like, it would just disappear and die. On Netflix, it at least has a chance to find an audience. But hey, that's just my opinion. All right. Uh, our next news story is uh, pretty dense. So do you want to give me, like, a TLDR version? Uh, sure. Uh. Netflix is establishing a $100 million fund to help the workers hit hardest in the television industry and film industry by the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, they, they had already committed to paying two weeks of pay following production suspensions. And then uh, $15 million of that $100 million is going to third parties and nonprofits providing emergency relief to out-of-work crew and cast members in uh, countries where the company Netflix has large production bases. So probably France. Uh mostly France because I remember them they, they had like a, a European production hub there. So really what this is saying is that they're giving additional mon money to uh people who can't afford to really be uh hit by the coronavirus. So like your key grip, your best boy your production assistants, like they're, they're going to be helped out more by this than like the cast because the cast typically is able to like, or like the stars of your cast. Like they're, they're able to typically like survive this kind of thing. And, but like uh, your, your extra, like, well, maybe not an extra, but like a, a recurring guest who like doesn't get paid all that often or all that much, they get helped out by this. So it's just Netflix using some of its money for something for good as opposed to uh spending more money on seasons of like gypsy or something <laughs> you fucking hate that show yes well no <laughs> i hate the uh, fan base the show's does it have bad. one uh a very 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 vocal minority like and the very 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 goes to both vocal and minority like Maybe six people complain about it incessantly online that it, that it got canceled. Well, maybe they should grow up. Come on, Caleb. That's that's asking a lot out of people who 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 have nothing better to do with their lives other than to complain about shows that got canceled. All right. Well, uh, we'll complain about shows in downstream a segment. Baby, I can't control the internet. Or maybe we won't. Um, 
Well, this this is a movie, not a show, for one thing. But yes, uh, this is Masamir the movie. This is a uh, like an Arabic animated superhero movie. I don't know. It looks cute. It like the the animation kind of reminds me of like I don't know, like Steven Universe or something. Uh, kinda. A little bit, maybe. Sure. Just like the main, like the main girl, kind of looked like a character from that. Yes, she does specifically. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I I know nothing about Masamir at all. Uh, mainly because it's like a, a Saudi Arabian show. So like I, you know, being that I've never been really introduced to Saudi Arabian, uh, content before. Uh, maybe maybe this is like their SpongeBob. Maybe maybe it's like one of the most popular cartoons. I would assume so if it's getting a movie. But yeah, wonder if it's on Netflix. Not the movie, but like the the show. Uh, it is not. Oh my god! They're eating her. Then they're going to eat me. No, I didn't realize 2012 was on was on Netflix right now. Uh, it's currently t- number six in the U.S. today. <laughs> but why, though? Because <clears throat> people suck. All right, uh, and then it moves over into quick hits and talk about some things we watched that were quick. <laughs> All right. Uh, I watched a couple episodes of the Netflix docuseries Pandemic, How to Stop an Outbreak. I think that's what it's called. Um, I don't know. Obviously, this is something that's like at the top of the most watched list for the week. So it entered my awareness. It's uh, interesting. Like the first episode's all about the various... Uh, influenza strains that we've had that kind of made the news in recent years and uh, how like basically there there will be at some point like a super killer flu but like because it's happened in the past where there's just a flu strain that wipes out like 100 million people or whatever but um the thing Nowadays, is that, like, since there's people who, like, fly from the U.S. to China on a daily basis or, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, commute long distances like that, uh, and people are more centralized into urban areas, like, it's a lot easier for diseases to spread quickly before we realize that they're an issue. Um, case in point, COVID-19. So, case in point, Mutabu or Motaba. Yes, Motaba. Matoba. That's from Outbreak. I don't know. The, like, I guess the the warm fuzzy part of that though is that uh, like they were showing a research scientist who's making like a cocktail of a bunch of uh like historic strains of the flu and like ones like you know we get the flu shot each year and it's like a new strain whatever is going to be prevalent that year sure um but like this guy found out by like doing basically a cocktail of a bunch of different strains of the flu and like synthesizing a vaccine from that uh that you would get your body to build antibodies against the things that make them similar rather than like each specific strain. So like fewer and fewer few flu shots, like we wouldn't have to do a flu shot every year. Yeah. And, and there would be one flu shot and it would protect you against any future strains of the flu that could mutate. Hmm. So that was really interesting. Um, the second one was about uh, Ebola, and uh, I don't know, I watched like half of that, and uh, it was fine, still interesting, but 
I shut that off to watch uh, our dick pic. And uh, I don't uh, know if that was a good idea or not, but. Oh, <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. We'll get there. Don't you worry. What about you, friend? Uh, so with my additional time at home, I, I, I'm able to watch things on Netflix with a, I basically have a three monitor setup. Uh, I have a double monitor for work. Uh, and then my third monitor is my PS4 and I'm playing things on Netflix. So I watched the rest of, I'm not okay with this. Uh, so like I said last week, the shows are short. I, I think the longest episode was maybe 28 minutes. May, and I think that's. I think it's even wrong. I think it might be 25 minutes, but regardless, it's about a girl who who discovers she has superpowers, and uh, it turns out her dad was experiencing similar things to her in terms of like the way he felt, uh, and it's really about, about like depression and shit, uh, and, and like the weight of depression. Like ultimately, that's that's what this is. Is like you you ultimately you you feel like you have too much power and you don't know what to do with it. And you feel so self-isolated that eventually you fall into depression and maybe eventually kill yourself or you allow people to help you out of that and not feel so sad. Uh, there's a very strange thing that happens at the end of episode seven, which uh, this is only a seven episode season. I guess they're less than half an hour. So like you're getting done with this thing in like three hours. Uh, if that, uh, and that was the main reason I wanted to finish it was because it was so short. Uh, it's it's teen drama. I don't resonate with teens anymore. I I I, f- I figured this out during during watching the show because I was angry at everybody and for <laughs> like all their decisions and such because I'm just like like yeah you're a teen I get that you're a teen and you, it's written well for teens but like I'm an adult and I don't feel the way you do about things so like i can't am, I, I don't resonate with you am i out of touch no it's the children who are wrong well i mean they are wrong let's be clear here they are they are wrong with how they approach things uh-huh uh but so like if if you're okay with teen drama uh and you like a sort of 80s aesthetic this show is for you uh it's not as well written as stranger things in the first place so like uh, if you're looking for like a Stranger Things substitute, this is like Diet Stranger Things. Uh so like yeah. Uh it's fine. I'm not I'm not I'm never going to go back to it. Like uh, I've already removed it from my list like it was just like a hey, let's finish this cuz it's it's not that much of a time investment and let's just be done with it. So uh, it's like a 3. It's it, it's not for me. That's what it ultimately comes down nah. to. It's quasi-Stranger Things. Demi-Stranger Things. It's the Diet Coke of Stranger Things. Just one calorie, not strange enough. Do do you remember that? Do you remember Dr. Evil saying that? Uh, See, uh, that sounded like Dr. Evil, but I don't remember him saying that. He was telling his his disappointing son that he wasn't evil enough. Oh yeah, played by Seth Green. Yeah. Yeah. That was a movie. Yeah! That, uh, man. That was a trilogy of movies Why that didn't... just came and went. <laughs> they just they just kept making them. So many people want them to make another one. It's ridiculous. Oh, I think Ashley's watching Toy Story. She's watched uh, a lot of things on Disney. She watched uh, the, the, the live-action remake of Aladdin. Yeah, Vanessa watched that. Where she was like, wait, there's 45 minutes left? This is yeah. the, the original movie was an hour and a half, if that. How did they yeah. shove an, an additional half hour onto it? Uh, then, she, then she watched the opening scene of Lion King and went, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> Vanessa watched Frozen 2 today. I think she watched Frozen. Why did I say it like that? Just Frozen. She just watched Frozen. She's bored. This woman, this poor woman. Has been out of work since Monday. Uh, so, like, she's on day six of quarantine, and she's just losing her mind. And, and if you remember, uh, as we t- talked in banter, uh, as I was yelling at her for putting a peanut butter on my fucking arm, uh, yes, she has lost her mind. And that is prime example number one. <laughs> Can't lose it if you never had it. Damn. Boom. Roasted. All right. Um, hey, it's time for Caleb Watches Star Trek, a segment. Oh, oh hooray. 
I'm finally on season two of the next generation. So I guess I'll I'll briefly talk about um the season two opener because it's fucking bonkers. Um, and then I'll like I do have an episode that I watched this week that I I want to highlight more in detail. But uh, the the season two premiere is called The Child. Um, so Riker has a beard now that's like Jonathan Frakes grew a fucking beard and that's just a thing now um and, and now we love him yeah it's it's cool it's a good beard uh Beverly Crusher has left the cast for now um which is strange I think she comes back later but uh there's like a new doctor on the ship and she she sucks um Whoopi Goldberg joined the cast in season two. Uh, she's like a bartender. So like there's just a, a lounge where they go and hang out and have cocktails and shit. Uh, and I guess the other big change is that uh, Jordy LaForge is no longer the helmsman of the ship. Like uh, he moved down to engineering so he works in the in the engine room like the power generator for for some fucking reason. Uh Okay. Oh, but the episode itself um deals with like an alien intelligence that takes the form of a ball of light flying into the ship and uh attaching itself to the ship's counselor uh counselor Troy. Counselor Troy and she uh Becomes pregnant and has a a regular, a, a regular baby that is also this alien intelligence. Um, but the thing of it is, like, she becomes pregnant, has the baby, and the kid grows to be like a tween in like a single twenty four hour period, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the. This feels like one of the episodes where they were just like spitballing. It's like fuck it, we gotta have a, like a filler, like a main plot to fill in this time while we introduce the changes for the start of the new season. Now here's the so, question: Did it teach her how to make pizza? Is, is this how <laughs> Counselor Troy learned how to make pizza? Does Counselor Troy make pizza? Uh, did you not watch the new Picard review? Oh. I'm. I guess I missed that part. No. Oh, yeah. Man, you know so much about this show just from watching fucking Red Letter Media talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like my knowledge of Star Star Wars. I I know so much through cultural osmosis. <laughs> I fucking love that series of videos, though. Um, but no, the uh the one that I actually wanted to talk about is uh. Episode 25 of season one, titled Conspiracy. Fucking A, right it is. That's uh, subtitle. <laughs> that's, that's very good. Um, so, Picard receives a highly confidential message from uh, another captain of a Starfleet vessel. Uh, and is like, hey, divert from your current course and meet me on this planet because there was a conspiracy to overthrow Starfleet or whatever. Um, so he, he beams down to the surface alone, talks to this guy and some other captains and, uh, they're, they're like, Hey, there's, um, you know, strange orders that we've been given and suspicious deaths of Starfleet officers and whatnot. Um, so, it turns out like uh, th- these people got like b- brain slugs attached to them um so like there's certain starfleet officers that are just like uh like fucking like infested zerg people from starcraft or whatever sure uh, just walking around and like so they they try they like they capture Picard and they're like, hey, join us for dinner or whatever, like as he's like realizing what's going on. 
and like they're all eating bowls of mealworms and Picard's like fuck that I'm not eating that and they're like well you'll fucking eat it when we put a brain slug in you um and then uh fucking Riker comes down and uh like pretends that he's infected but then shoots them all and like the little parasite things run out and then like the mother parasite emerges from the one guy and it's it's a really gross like practical puppet effect so oh nice uh hooray you know back in the 80s where you know uh fuck computers weren't very good so they had to get away with practical puppets yeah you know they were forced by ingenuity to try also like as one would expect with this, like, it, it was a TV show from the late 80s, like, the effects aren't movie quality, but, um, I don't know, it was cool to see, like, some practical puppet effects and, like, some body horror shit going on in a Star Trek episode. Like, uh, I don't know, that's, that's what I like about this show and, like, the franchise in general is that, like, it's so... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I don't know. it, it can do so many things. Like it's it's so flexible, you know. Sure. Uh, unlike Star Wars, which is like a, a very small thing that like people think is a big thing, but like if they wander out of like the same starship battles and shit, like everybody hates it. I don't know, that's why The Mandalorian was so popular, because, like, they just stripped all the bullshit out, and it's just, like, this one simple thing. I do want to watch it, and I, I I have time now. There's time now until I smash my glasses and then can never see again. But, <laughs> yeah, that that is a show I want to watch, but uh, uh, depending on, I, I think Gerald said he was doing it either this week or, let me see. Uh okay, not this Thursday, but next thir- next Thursday, Gerald and I are doing like our top five shows we should have watched but haven't yet. Uh, and there's potential that uh one of the shows I just mentioned is uh, that we've just mentioned is on that list. What show is it? Hmm, I don't know. Hmm, how can we help? I wonder what's for dinner. Mealworms. You'll eat them when you have a fucking brain slug. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was uh it was sort of like the thing, but like I don't know, they could tell who had brain slugs because like it had like a little gill protrusion that would it was like a spine that came out of the back of everybody's necks. Sweet. So that's how, did... how Riker was able to trick everybody oh. is cuz uh he put like uh the uh Dr. Crusher was able to help him like fake one and attach it to his neck before he beamed down. I'm glad you literally answered the question I was about to ask. You're welcome. Hey, thanks, friend. Uh, anything else with Star Trek? The next generation? Uh, no, not right now. All right. Uh, so with that, everybody, we're going to cut into a quick break. And when we come back from that, we're going to talk about our main topic for the week. Uh, M- Meme Central Outbreak, starring Dustin Hoffman and others. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to talk about our main review topic for the week, the 1995 movie Outbreak. Yes, and in order to do so, we have stood at our desks. I I feel so powerful right now. 
I'm dan- I'm just dancing around like a jackass. See, I'm I'm getting a, a standing desk at work. Uh, when we move offices, assuming we ever move offices, uh, but uh, I will have a standing desk and I will just like jive around like a fucking doofus all day, just like I'm doing right now. I feel like I am imbued with potential energy right now as I am farther from the ground. It's also letting me like actually speak into the microphone. Like I feel like I, I'm projecting more. This is how this works. I think. Yes. My voice is fucking powerful because my diaphragm is not being crushed. Behold, what? my mighty thum. <laughs> no, please, no. Anything but that. No, uh, I remember when I was in marching band, uh, the, the director would always make us stand up. Because it's like, hey, if you're sitting down, your sound sounds like fucking garbage. He didn't say fucking garbage because this was in high school. But he's like, so stand up so you don't sound like garbage. So we stood up and we didn't sound like garbage. So I was like, okay, sure. We also played really loud, so people thought we were good. <laughs> All right. Yep. And uh, today we are talking about 1995's Outbreak. Uh, Army doctors struggle to find a cure for a deadly virus spreading through a California town that was brought to America by an African monkey. This is directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Uh, and stars Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo, Morgan Freeman, uh, fucking Patrick Dempsey, mm-hmm. uh, Donald Sutherland, Cuba Gooding Jr. And, uh, he, sh- who shall not be named. Yeah, fuck that guy. But, uh, fucking great cast on this, buddy. Yeah, especially for the mid-90s. Like, mid-90s, yeah. this is, like, peak casting power. Yeah, this is, like peak Rene Russo time. So, uh, of course, I had to do the uh, requisite research on our two love interests, Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo. Uh, And I found that they were 16 years apart for this movie uh, in terms of actual age. So, like, Dustin Hoffman was, like, I think maybe late 50s, and Rene Russo was, like, 36. So... Solid job, 90s Hollywood. Real proud of you guys. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like uh, in the 90s, you kind of saw that a lot. Like, just guys who were, like, significantly older than mm-hmm. the women that they were with. Well, I, I think that was a trend throughout Hollywood for a very, very, very long time. And only recently we've kind of, bec- like, I don't say become more cognizant of it, but it, it seems like it's being more of a thing we think about yeah. as we as we discuss movies. Um, so I have to be pedantic for a moment. The uh, monkey that brought the virus to the United States. Uh, so the virus began in the African country of Zaire. Uh, but the monkey that they bring over is a white-faced capuchin, which is a New World monkey. They're native to uh, Central and South America. So it's just like, hey, get me a monkey. And uh, I don't it, like it's the same kind of monkey that Ross had in Friends. So I think it's also the same monkey Ace Ventura has. Yes. So really... That was like the mid. Mi- it's, <laughs> that, see, it's the same kind of monkey as uh, in what did Jack do? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. So uh, what I was gonna say is, I think this is like when we talked about peak casting, like peak '90s casting power. I think that kind of monkey was also part of that, where like that was the monkey of the mid '90s. When you needed a monkey, you got that specific monkey. I wonder if those monkeys are just really easy to train, or. It's a good question. Or if there was just like a certain group in Hollywood that were training those types of monkeys to be in films or what? Yeah, that was what Joe Exotic did before uh, Tigers and shit. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this movie? Give me a hot take. Uh, it was fine. It, it was a, a 90s movie, a 90s action-y movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it tried to sort of be like an actual pandemic movie for the first 45 minutes and then like they didn't know how and to really it turned write into around a it. war movie yeah they didn't know know how to actually write so they were just like ah fuck it just make it a war movie who gives a shit 
put some doobacks yeah. in there. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was entertaining. You have to uh go along with some some logical leaps like for like 45 minutes in the movie Donald Sutherland's like, "Hey, everybody, uh I'm I'm a I'm a two-star general. Go murder Dustin Hoffman." And like nobody can successfully murder Dustin Hoffman for him. And he like he doesn't just freak out and like shoot everybody under his command like i don't know like if you if you think that you can just fucking embezzle a fucking helicopter and like not just get shot in the face then like i don't know that's like arnold schwarzenegger movie levels of logical leaps <laughs> yeah i don't know uh i i, I think my favorite part about this whole movie is them trying to do detective work on how the disease got there in the first place. They're just a bunch of scientists, and they're just like, uh, uh, we're detectives all of a sudden. Uh, Patrick Dempsey had the virus. Where did he get it from? Oh, we talked to this pet store owner. Oh, that means he brought a monkey. Let's go find the monkey, everybody. I wonder what kind of monkey it is. Let's go find this ship. Like, the last hour of the movie is just like, oh. These are some leaps you took here. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. They conveniently, uh, show up where the plot needs them to be able to get to in the time allotted. Well, like I said, like, the first 45 minutes is actually, like, attempting to do a pandemic movie. But then, like, they're like, oh, we only have an hour and 15 minutes left. Let's fucking speed through this shit. We gotta, we gotta get going. We gotta move. We gotta move. We gotta move. It doesn't matter. Uh, fuck it. They find the monkey. Who cares? It doesn't matter how they found the monkey. We just, they just found it. Just move on. We gotta get to yeah. them flying a helicopter in front of a fucking bomber plane. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, like the audience just didn't care about the death toll anymore and wanted to see explosions. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm, I don't I don't know how quickly diseases mutate and such, but I feel like the the disease mutated rather quickly, uh, being that it went from Patrick Dempsey to uh, some other guy, and then was just like, ah, we're a different strain now. Well, that's what they figured out is that the monkey was carrying two strains, but like somehow hadn't released the airborne strain while it was still in the monkey. Yes. But like the, no the monkey had been carrying both strains of the virus. It's it's a it's a plot that's so flimsy that they had to have the virus come in two different strains for them to still have things to do. All right. I don't know. Uh I guess in terms of performances, like Dustin Hoffman is playing Dustin Hoffman. Like, okay, fine. Yes. Uh Kevin Spacey is playing Kevin Spacey. Like, when I think of mid-90s Spacey, I think of kind of like sarcastic douche. Not sarcastic douche, but like sarcastic, dry. And that's exactly what he was in this in this movie, too. He's just sarcastic mm-hmm. and dry in terms of humor. Cuba Gooding does Cuba Gooding things. I think the most interesting part about the movie is that Morgan Freeman is technically the bad guy. Or a bad guy. Yeah, one of the bad guys. He's I don't know, he's done bad guys a couple times, but like he's the he's like the morally gray character. Um but he's also kind of doing a typical Morgan Freeman thing. Like he's he's kind of paternal uh to Dustin Hoffman's character and he shows up to explain things. So He's in a position of authority of some kind. Yeah. So I mean like they they pretty much got everyone who's in the movie to play an archetypical role to them, unto themselves. Like I don't really know what Renee Russo was doing around this time. I really know her from like Nightcrawler and Velvet Buzzsaw. Tin that's Cup. That's about it. So you never I've never seen Tin Cup. So I, I, so I don't really know if this is a typical Renee Russo performance. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and it seems about. About normal, I guess. Uh, I think my favorite part of the movie is how it ends, which is uh, just all of a sudden, Dustin Hoffman and Rene Russo are just sitting in a, a hospital room, 
And then he's like, you're all better, aren't you? She's like, yeah. yeah. I see I see you got the vaccine, too. Yeah. yeah. And then the movie just cuts to credits. And that's it. Yeah. They just didn't know they, how to uh, fucking end the movie. They, they just look at each other, and it's like, hey, good thing that we've resolved the plot. <laughs> and it just ends. They, they have this whole thing with their husband and wife, or ex-husband and wife, throughout the movie, and that never really gets resolved. It's just like dangling there and the movie's just like oh well and ends <laughs> uh yeah i don't know i'm i'm good with uh that being the full review for this yeah i don't know i'm gonna give it like a two and a half it's it's okay yeah i'm gonna i'm giving it a three it's fine like i i enjoyed most of my time with it i think like i said the, i think the final act gets a bit ridiculous but yeah i i don't think they I mean, it, it kind of turns into like rambo three for a minute yeah, like it's like we have to do a helicopter chase in this like fucking disease movie. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I I've never seen Contagion. I think it's the the Matt Damon and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow one, the one where Gwyneth Paltrow uh doesn't vaccinate, so she dies. Uh, and you know, true to life, hopefully, but like. So I, I think that might actually be more of like an outbreak movie as opposed to like this, which is very much like, okay, we're a pandemic movie for 45 minutes. All right, you're bored, aren't you? All right, let's fucking kick up the action. Who gives a shit? Have you noticed how quiet all the anti-vaxxers have been throughout the whole COVID-19 scare? Oh, it's been great. They've been, yeah. We've been waiting for this. And partially, yeah, I think they're uh, to blame. It, it must be really time-consuming burying your kids. Oof. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our dick pick for the week, which is the influence, the the influenza. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons: Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast. Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is with a heavy heart that I introduce you to uh, this week's dick pic segment. So we're just done with phrasing, right? Jesus, look at that black cock. If you've never listened to the show before, uh, dick pics is a segment where we take a random dictionary word and run it through the Netflix search algorithm and watch whatever bullshit pops out. And, uh... Somehow we got the influence, which is a, I guess Spanish. Is it Spanish? Yep. Is it Spanish? Mexican? Okay, Spanish. Spanish. Uh, so I got this by using the word decay. Our random word was decay, so this came up. Uh, this is so a this horror is movie, fault. I suppose. Sure, it's ostensibly a horror movie. Yeah, it's uh something that could be part of the Blumhouse party. Yes. In in the in that it, it's about a 45 minute premise that they stretch out to an hour and a half. Yeah. So after moving back to her family home to care for her dying mother, a nurse haunted by her childhood memories must struggle with an evil force in the house. Directed by Denis Rovira Van Bocholt uh starring some names um i don't think anybody in this has ever done anything else that is actually not true the uh the the person who plays the grandmother was in an episode of criminal spain 
Huh. All right. And I was like, oh, that's that woman from Criminal Spain. And then I recognized nobody else, although the main character looks like, uh, fuck, I can't remember her name right now, but like, she looks like Roshana from Inglorious Bastards a bit. Hmm. So, Caleb, uh, we got a little tease, but what did you think of the influence? Uh, uh, I don't know. It was, it was inconvenient that like, well, I guess, I guess it was in English. Um, I, I, I did watch the English dub or whatever, but like, I don't know. I kind of had to actually pay attention to it to know what was going on, Mm -hmm. um, which is unfortunate. (laughs) Um, this movie uh, like even if the script or the acting or anything like the direction the, the screenplay any of that was any good um i would still hate this movie because it's so fucking dark all the time sure is this was uh, on i see i played this on my xbox and the xbox actually has like a function where it's like hey uh here's how you can like color correct and like picture correct your tv towards like good viewing experiences i'm like that's cool awesome and this movie was still too dark yeah uh so the grandma's a witch sure Um, i think she dabbles in black magic or something like that yeah and then like for some reason the the daughter fucking goes back to take care of her like the like the her like her daughter and like her two daughters go back. They're mm-hmm. they're just two daughters. Um in a house. Yeah. And then like th- our main character ha- also has a daughter, uh who I guess is like the grandma is trying to use black magic to like body snatch her. Yeah. That's and yeah. like that's basically it, but like I don't know, all this awful shit keeps happening and the like our main person is just like, Oh, I'm just gonna kill her, but then like never does. Right, um, because so people the keep plot stopping can continue. her. Right. People keep stopping her so the plot can continue. And it's yeah. stupid. Just fucking kill her, who cares? So um, I, I I've actually I actually looked up a review for this. They compared it to Hereditary in terms of like general plot beats, but uh, sure. didn't go so far as to say quality wise. Because let's be clear here, quality wise, this is nothing like Hereditary in any way, shape, or form. This movie relies on jump scares, uh, especially three in the first ten minutes before anything spooky is set up. You you just have to go in with the knowledge that it's a horror movie, and it's just like oh. Uh, jump scare because we're in a horror movie which is stupid like you don't do jump scares until you've actually set up that like something spooky is happening uh i'm i'm gonna do one of my favorite things to do with bad movies which is read an imdb review go for it one star complete waste of time there should be a penalty for the release of this kind of movie really no joke Bad acting, bad storyline, bad lighting. My boyfriend gave up after 50 minutes. I finished watching it some days later because, you know, I probably have mental illness. <laughs> uh, Ashley did fall asleep on the couch around the 50-minute mark, so that checks out. Uh, I've seen three reviews so far scrolling down this page that say it's great for sleeping. Well, there you go. I don't know. Um normally this is the kind of movie that would excite me because like black magic satan satanist stuff like that stuff is cool to me and and like i should just be really into that but by the time they got around to showing that room full of all like the black magic stuff i was just like already checked out despite the fact that was 20 minutes into the movie Hmm. uh also for some reason this movie decides that it wants to have the uh, evil character kick and then bludgeon a dog to death. Yep. For some so reason. So I saw that and I was like, oh, Ashley's going to hate that. 
Uh, she was asleep by that point, so I was like, yeah, good thing you passed out at this exact moment. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I, I feel like that scene was unnecessary. Like, we already knew the character's evil. Like, we don't need to watch it beat the shit out of a dog and then kill it. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Like, she wouldn't kill her aunt, but then the aunt got killed by, like, the grandma's little kid avatar body anyway. Which, like, I don't understand that either, because there was, like, a little kid that was the the girl's friend, but, like, also the grandma. Right. And, like, if the grandma could do that, why did she need to steal the the girl's body? But, Caleb, it's so atmospheric and spooky. Okay. Ignore, ignore the story beats. Uh, what would you rate this movie? One. Yes. Movie sucked. It was so done half an hour in. But I, I, I trudged through <laughs> for you, list, dear listeners. I trudged through for you for some reason. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh... Eh. I would say it's not the worst movie we've ever watched, but I can't really think of... Halloween. Yeah, hella weed I fucking shut off after like 10 minutes. Hot butt. Yeah. This is one of the worst ones that like we've actually finished. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, so that's it. Sure is. Uh, Caleb, what are we doing next week on the show? Uh, next week, we are going to be watching Tiger King. And on the back of that, we're going to be watching Extraordinary. That is a Patreon review, requested review from Paul from The Countdown, uh, and that will fulfill the final one that we have for the first quarter of 2020, which means everybody who's a patron of the show at $5 or higher, uh, prepare yourselves because the next thread is going out. So make sure you get the movie you want us to watch on there. That's it. Just a quick, just a quick FYI for you folks in All terms right. of that. Well, uh, I guess until next week, everybody stay safe out there. Dan, tell him stuff. Uh, hey, you're inside. You're indoors. You're doing nothing, most likely, due to quarantine. So why don't you drop us a review on Apple Podcasts? That would help us out greatly. We would love you forever. We'll read it on the show. We'll probably make fun of the things you say, whether it's uh, making fun of us or making fun of yourself or whatever. We'll do that. Uh, so, so, so do that, please. We need more. We've needed more for a while, but we're not going to ask for much else other than that. Uh, also check out livestreamforthecure.com. The link is in the show notes. So that way you're aware of the excellent livestream for the cure four that is coming up, uh, end of May. And, uh, I understand that COVID-19 is a thing and some of you are out of work, uh, and are not getting paid. So when Livestream for the Cure comes around and you can't give, understandable, uh, but make sure you just share the event because uh, sharing, getting in as many eyeballs as possible uh, will only help us reach our goal of $10,000. I'll just donate my government relief check. Hey, that's pretty good. It's actually, that's actually not terrible. It's actually a really yeah. good idea. Yeah. That'd be a tenth of the way there. Yeah, for real. So if you if you can spare it, uh save your government relief check in in order to uh <laughs> donate to livestream for the cure. If we can get everyone's government relief checks together, Jesus. We can get around like fifty thousand dollars. That'd be great. We yes. could never we could never bump the, the goal up though, because we know it'd be unsustainable to do such a thing. <laughs> All right, well, until next week, this is Caleb saying, we'll see you next Tuesday.
Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.